0: and welcome to another massive edition of VFL 23. Thanks to uh, to all those supporters over the journey. My name's Jendi, I'm joined by Roji, the birthday boy. We're here at Fankhousel Reserve, just celebrating a birthday milestone here in sunny Queensland, mate. You did highlight it last week that this was gonna be the destination. How are you feeling, mate? You feeling a bit uh, younger?
1: Well, I couldn't say younger. <laughs> you always feel older, don't you? But uh... Yeah, 43 going on, I think about 80 at the moment, so, but getting there, I'm a lot better off than I was 12 months ago, as I've, as I've said to a few people, uh, but, but yeah, it's, a, it's been a lovely day up here, and uh, as it always is, as they say in Queensland, don't they? Uh, but yeah, I'd always wanted to come here to the Sharks, first time I've been here for a long time, and yeah, watching the guys train in the background behind us, it's a, Terrific spot to have a podcast.
0: Absolutely, and while we were talking about uh, going through our warm-ups, we saw the juniors out on the field, the junior boys, junior girls, the senior men, uh, women, just terrific atmosphere around here at the, uh, the tank here at a Reserve and, and great to see, uh, I guess, a good example of junior developments streamlining into the senior department. Yeah, no question. The, the Sharks, as, as all good clubs do, they like uh,
1: making it one club Several teams, one club. They certainly sell it that way with the with the QAFLW teams in the BFL, Most of the three senior teams, the juniors as well. Terrific to see them training on the main field as opposed to the as opposed to their regular ground, the junior oval. Uh, it's getting some work done to it as well, we believe. So, yeah, it's fantastic that they are that they're like that, and they're out here, and they get a chance to run around on this great facility out here.
0: Absolutely. Well, the the seniors are the sort of the uh, the finale to what has been a terrific afternoon of uh, of footy and uh, of, of those preparing for the upcoming season ahead, and for those who love uh, love following the podcast and uh, enjoy what we're doing, we uh, we. Really appreciate the support. Make sure you catch us on Spotify, Anchor, Amazon Music, and of course, you can catch us on YouTube. Just type in VFL23 You'll be able to catch up on all the exciting uh, uh, developments that we've got. There's nothing like this in the country in terms of the insight into the VFL and the VFLW, as we continue to say week in, week out. Now, mate, I'm gonna start off with some great recruiting news over the weekend uh, for my beloved Bombers. we're excited to see Tom Phillips, Tom Wallace, Brad Lynch, the former Shark, yep. and uh, and Jake Cleaver from the Waffle sign up. I, I think the Sharks will be disappointed they're losing uh, Lynchy, but heading down to the red and black, uh, some handy recruits as they look forward to uh, to a big season ahead.
1: Yeah, and they they all played, I believe, on uh, on Friday in their practice match against Sandringham, which was a solid win. We'll talk about that a, a little bit later on. But yeah, some good recruits for the Bombers for the VFL side, and and people do say that the AFL clubs are more powerful because they've obviously they're in better uh, facilities, they've got the full-time training programs and that sort of thing. But the best performers at VFL level are the ones that have strong VFL lists. You look at Casey Demons last year had the best list of VFL players mm-hmm. and they lost one game for the year and that was up here in Queensland when they had a few out in the last week before the finals. So that's what they that's what they need to do. They keep their good good players together and, and the VFL ones are a lot more important than they've been given credit for.
0: And we're here tonight at the tank here at Fankhauser Reserve and well let's be honest they are all VFL players or well, most of them some of them are stepping up from the QAFL which is showing the exhibition of strength and development of the state league competition up here.
1: Yeah, no question about that. And, and we'll see a bit more of that on Saturday morning uh, when uh, here at Finkhauser Reserve, Palm Beach, Corumban visits the Sharks. So if you're around, I think it's 10 o'clock on 10 o'clock. Saturday morning. So yeah, get down here and have a, have a good day and, and watch, I suppose, a powerhouse of the local scene up against the up against the, I suppose, representative team of, of Queensland at the moment. Absolutely.
0: Another big talking point over the week is Sandringham. Uh, they have signed uh, Philip Moy and Will Dunn. But they've also got their big season launch on Sandy by the Bay on Wednesday, March 15th from 6pm. It's gonna be a huge night. And uh, we look at Sandringham and what they want to do in season 2023. Uh, what a great way to kick off the season uh, with that big event.
1: Yeah, that the season launch is very important for the for the clubs. I think uh, I saw today it might have been Frankston's is sold out. Wow! So, so that <laughs> is that is very impressive. Frankston's season launch, which is coming up in a in around about that same time. You, you've been a
0: bit yeah. big on the Dolphins, haven't you? Over yeah, the
1: last, I, uh, I so. do like seeing the. Um, <laughs> I do like seeing the standalone clubs go well. Yep, I, I make no secret about that. You want to see the best football uh, played, whether that's the standalone clubs or the AFL reserves teams. Uh, you just want to see ten great games of footy every week. But um, you do have a little bit of a soft spot for the for the standalones, and, and hope that because a, because a strong VFL needs seven strong standalone
0: clubs. Absolutely. Well, that's what we're going to turn our attention to uh, over the past weekend. Uh, it was a massive day over at, uh, at Craggyburn, the home of the Calder Cannons, and we saw six standalone VFL teams go head-to-head in a massive day of practice match footy.
1: Yeah, it certainly did, and uh, three very interesting games of footy. The, the, uh, the real important one that once again we saw the Northern Bull Ants put in a very solid effort they were only, I think, four points down on Williamstown at three-quarter time. They ended up being overrun in the end, but 19 points was the final margin there. Uh, 4-12-36, I think it was, to uh, 8-7-55 in favour of Williamstown. So a, a really good result. For Williamstown to get the points show that they're going to be a good side again, but the Bullants. Have had a lot of players leave over the off-season. Brodie Holland's come in as the new coach, and it looks like that they're going to be on the right track. And and maybe, maybe they are going to cause some trouble problems, trouble problems. Well, they're going to uh, co- cause yeah same thing. Going to uh, cause a lot of headaches and yeah for, for teams who, to put
0: them away. And the Ballants are one and one from their practice matches so far after a, a frustrating season last year. So we know they are well and truly on the right track. Saw a couple of other big games, mate. Uh, Frankston and Werribee. Uh, I know we're talking about Frankston's uh, what they're doing ahead of their season launch, but it was a tough day of the office against the Tigers. Yeah, it certainly
1: was. Werribee brought out a, a powerful team, close to full strength for the game. The the dual list and medalist was there, Tom Gribble, and and basically basically their full strength side. And Frankston, they had it. They had a handful out. They had a very young, inexperienced lineup and. And it did sort of. It did cost them a little bit. They kicked. They only kicked the one goal, which mm-hmm. I think came in the third quarter of the game. Uh, the Tigers won by 48 points, 8 8957 to 139. Uh, but once again, Werribee is Werribee's on notice, really, yeah. because they have been a top four team over the last two years that haven't made the finals. Yep. So they they've really underachieved, and it's up to them now to. Live up to how good
0: they actually are,
1: and 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 back
0: it up. I think, yeah, they say don't read too much into uh, pre-season form, but I think in this case yeah, here, a team that needs to live up to it. I I think of um, a particular poll that was put on uh, a network that you and I have uh, are tied with, and Essendon of 2000 was named the, or voted the team of the, the individual season of the year. I remember they took to every game like it was a grand final, including straight through the pre-season game. So for Werribee here, a team that has a lot of expectations, the fact that they've come out of the gate very strongly, they're gonna make a point early and they've got the defense right, they've got the attack right. They just need to start getting it together. And that was their problem. The last two years, they've started really slowly.
1: Yep. Lost home games early on in the year, and they are losses that you don't get back. Yep. They're a, they're a, they're a quality football team. They bat right down to, I reckon, all the way to the 23. Yep. Uh, there's no real weak links that you that you see in them. So you just need, we just need them to put it together from the start of the season. So as, a, as you said, practice match form, doesn't usually mean much, but it does mean a lot to Werribee because they've got to be firing in round one.
0: Coburg lost to Port Melbourne, as we, uh, we expect here from Port Melbourne, who went on to win that one by 50 points. Really flexing their muscles, and they seem to be heading on the right track ahead of their uh, development and uh, the confidence of the 2023 season.
1: Yeah, recruited outstandingly well, as we've mentioned a few times, Port Melbourne, and they they pretty well dominated this contest as well I think Coburg uh, again a little bit undermanned they had they they fought pretty hard but yeah 11.975 to 3.725 um, I see Port Melbourne along with Williamstown and Werribee and Southport um, I'll be probably well the season preview is still coming up in a couple of weeks but um, they'll be all somewhere around that top 10 I think when I when I predict it and and Coburg, well, they're developing again, they're still developing, they've lost a couple of important players, uh, some very important players in fact, so that next group will get the opportunity to stand up and... and uh, Bring, bring themselves through and turn themselves into good VFL players under under J- Jesse Corigliano and Jamie Cassidy-McNamara.
0: Upside about playing some good competition earlier on in the pre-season is to get some of those inexperienced players some good form and experience around some of these uh, powerhouse teams. We saw some uh, action uh, uh, down, at, uh, down at Essendon, uh, down at... I've forgotten the name that yeah, they the, call uh, the it. NSC yeah. Yeah, the NSC uh, hanger Yeah, the mighty hanger there. Uh, they, they had a solid win over Sandringham by 20 points, as we alluded to. Some of their uh, new recruits were able to make standout performances there. And Sandringham, not to be denied, uh, put on a, a gutsy effort. The game sort of got away from them a little bit late. They did, yeah. They were, just looking at the scores here, they were... Two
1: goals up at quarter time, level at the half. Very windy conditions, I believe, out at the Hangar on Friday.
0: So they didn't play at Windy Hill? <laughs> no, it. no. It both, seems like it they did. Have, it could have been. It could have been. But yeah,
1: they, it was only eight points of difference at the last change. But Essendon kicked away with four to two in the final quarter, uh, 9.963 to 6.743. Uh, Patrick Voss kicked three goals for the Bombers, uh, so he was impressive. Billy Cootey, Sam Conforti, Members of that no-name midfield that lifted Essendon from zero and eight to eight and ten by the end of the season, uh, Brad Benacki and um, Stefan being, Stephen Rasenak being the other two, who basically had no profile. They're the young guys or guys who've come out of out of local football, and they just turned it on in the second half of the year. And it looks like they're going to be around the mark again. So
0: exciting times and Sandringham. Hamble well they'll uh, they'll they'll get set. Uh, for another game this weekend and uh, and look to try and build on that and and maybe try and be the fast finishers instead of the opposition. North Melbourne, successful winners over Footscray by 17 points, 85 to uh, to 68. Uh, what did you make of that game? I noticed uh, North had a couple of their senior listed players in there as well as I imagine Footscray would have too. Yeah, very good uh, very good performance
1: from North Melbourne. They're a team that finished in the bottom four last year. Footscray, I think, ended up 10th or 11th, I think, they finished. Nine wins and nine losses um, after being undefeated the year before. So you expect Footscray to bounce back hard this year, not having a home ground for most of the season is going to hurt them. Of course, uh, Witten Oval is out of action uh, due to redevelopments, so they're they're actually training, even the Western Bulldogs, the whole club is training out at a famous old VFA venue, uh, Skinner Reserve in Braybrook, which has recently been uh, done up and will host a VFL VFLW practice match doubleheader in a couple of weeks' time. So we look forward to that. Might even try and get out to that one, pending, yeah. <laughs> pending the cricket commitments. Uh, but yeah, the, the Bulldogs have yeah, obviously decent expectations to bounce back. And for North Melbourne, having lost five very important players, or three terrific players indeed, to Williamstown, and five altogether, they lost, they've lost their, their co-captain and previous best and fairest winner. Their leading goal kicker and their and I think runner-up in the best and fairest last year have all gone to Williamstown. So, so the the expectations originally weren't high, but they've brought in five players fresh off AFL lists. And it looks like it's going to work for them. So keep an eye out for the Kangas.
0: The locals here, uh, Southport, they went over to, uh, to to Michael Voss Stadium last Friday night, and they went down to uh, to Brisbane by five goals. I will say, I, I was out there on Thursday night. It was just a, a stunning venue, a wonderful, wonderful place to watch football. There's not a not a bad seat in the house, and the train station, it just pulls up right outside. You can walk off the train and straight through the gate and pick a seat anywhere you like. It's a wonderful spot and they've even got a basketball net in there as well so you can shoot some hoops. And yeah, right. So it's a, just a great spot. It just reminds me of very much of this venue. Just a, You know, get a good spot to sit in and enjoy some food, but you can sit on the hill too.
1: Yeah, certainly have to put that one on the bucket list for, for <laughs> next time I'm up here. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get back up here uh, during the season and sit beside you for a game and and see how we go, but uh, but yeah, look, brand new facility. You'd expect it to be state of the art. It certainly looks good on the television. So yeah, I'm sure the Lions and Lions fans will be will be very happy with that, and and be a, they're a little bit I think closer, a little bit more central than Moreton Bay too. Nothing against the good folk up yep, there, because course. that was a terrific facility too.
0: Apart from having to sit on the back of a U. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> a exactly. Game uni. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that was my bucket list item. Uh, uh, Brisbane Lions uh, played a little bit top heavy with uh, with AFL players. They didn't get a strong run on the Thursday night, so they did filter the uh, a couple of bigger names in there with uh, with Lions and Fort and. Ainsworth and uh, Cockatoo, at a couple of those players that uh, did get a little bit of ground time on Thursday night, but they dropped in, dropped down to uh, into the VFL system, and and had a chance to make a bit of an impact. So I guess a good chance for the Sharks as well to, to play against some players who are probably going to feature in the sort of top 15 to 18 uh, players for the Brisbane Lions lineup.
1: Yeah, good good test for them and the Lions. Well, they were a preliminary finalist last year as well. I remember, of course. Um, they, they went down to the Demons, I think it was, in the preliminary final after, after losing to Southport in a qualifying. They'll be desperately keen to stay up there. They, they flew up the ladder last year from a bottom four when the season got called off in 2021. So they look like they've brought in some quality players at the AFL level, which is obviously going to filter down to the VFL level. So I expect to see... Three very strong teams coming out of Queensland again after they finished second, uh, second, third, and fourth
0: last season. A couple of other games we'll uh, will quickly go through. Box Hill 10-17, 77 defeated Gullingwood, 7-8-50. The Giants 78 defeated the Gold Coast Suns 68. That was the, uh, the warm-up to the big one over over there. Aaron Cadman kicked four goals in that game. Uh, he was number mis- one draft pick. So. He, he looks like he's just going to slide straight into the ones, you feel. Just the way Adam Kingsley has got him going. It's uh, yeah, He might be. They they have said that they're not going to rush him. Yep. As, a, as a tall
1: forward, he's going to take time to uh, to settle in. So you might see him have to wait a little bit. Not unlike Jamara Hagen a couple of years ago when all the talk was about... Telling Luke Beveridge to get him into the side, he said, "Well, I'll put him in when he's ready." And and when he did get put in the side, he probably wasn't quite ready. Yep. But by waiting, it set him in good stead for for what he did last year and what he's going to do this year and, and that sort of thing. But Cadman kicking four goals on Giants' debut in the in the VFL when they they had to come from behind. The Suns led by two points at three quarter time. Uh, but yeah, they they've got themselves a a good key forward there who they who they consider to be in the ilk of
0: Jeremy Cameron, so that's what the team needs, yeah, and, let's, let's and in see the how meantime, the VFL will embrace the presence of his development. Oh, and, and if he's going out kicking bags of goals, it just means that we're probably going to see less of him in the VFL. But he's going to put on a heck of a show when he's doing so. And that's what
1: all Giants fans want. They don't want to. They don't want to see him in the VFL. And when he's there, they want him turning it on. And I'm, and I'm sure that yeah, the signs are definitely good because Gold
0: Coast don't have a bad defensive six. The last game we'll look at is uh, Richmond 69, defeating the Casey Demons 68, a great hit out there. Uh, Casey in their Premiership title defence, I know they'd like to win those ones, wouldn't they? Yeah, 25 points up they were
1: at half-time, the Casey Demons, after kicking four unanswered goals in the second quarter, but yeah, Richmond hauled them back in and, and that is a really good sign for the Tigers, even being only a practice match and we don't know if the Demons rested any in the second half or if the Tigers fielded a stronger team in the second half. But to go out to Casey Fields at any time, even in a practice match, is not easy. And they've gone out there and got the win and that's going to do wonders for their confidence.
0: Absolutely. Well, you're uh, you're catching up with VFL 23. You've got uh, Roji, you've got Yenny, Roji, the birthday boy. Uh, Catch us on Spotify, Anchor, Amazon Music, and of course on YouTube, you'll be able to hear the wind coming through the microphone as we're here at Fankhouser Reserve. so fired up here at Fankhouser Reserve. We're just a couple of weeks away from the season opener and we're here on Rosie's birthday, which means the uh, the reigning grand finals are putting on a good show. But, mate, speaking of putting on a good show, we saw some quality VFLW practice matches going over the weekend. What was your take and who were some of the standout performers across the weekend? Well, the clear
1: standout for mine was uh, Williamstown. Uh, finished. Uh, right down near the bottom of the ladder last year, second last they've been second last the last two years, two and a half wins uh, out of their 14 games. They've come out, they played a finals team on their home ground in a in a six period game, uh, being Geelong, and they've managed to overrun them and come out with an 11 point win, which is a, a terrific sign uh, for the Seagulls. Boating uh, running into this season, uh, they led by a goal at quarter, uh, ten points I think it was at quarter time. or what do you call it, sixth time. <laughs> yep. um, they got headed in the second term, but they managed to stick with them. They they rallied again. They kicked away in the fifth. And, yeah, got home 7.951 to 6.440 uh, across those six periods. Fortunately, we don't know a lot about who starred for them, but, but it's a great result uh, for Williamstown. Geelong had Sashi Di Giacome, uh and uh, O'Day, she, young Olivia Ciccolini all played well for the Cats. Yeah, a really good result for Williamstown, that one. What else do we have, mate? Uh, the Box Hill Hawks, newly named, ba- back in the competition. They've got the licence back from the uh, from Hawthorne, now that Hawthorne is in the AFLW. They took on the grand finalists in the Southern Saints, and after leading by three points at three-quarter time in a, in a game where uh, accuracy really counted, they managed to kick away in the last quarter and they and they won by 21 points, the Hawks over the Saints, 7-7, 49 to 3-10, 28. Uh, Saints failing to score in the last quarter, whereas the Hawks put on two goals, six. So a very strong performance, that three-quarter time score, 5-1 to 3-10. So that's how Box Hill stayed in the contest. So really good for them. Uh, we saw Port Melbourne, who made the finals in their very first year in 2021, dropped off last year finished third last. They played Darabin and had a very good win by 39 points, 9-10 64 to 4 goals 125. And the other interesting one was the Casey Demons up against the reigning premiers Essendon out at the hangar and the Demons actually kicked three goals to a point in the first quarter and were looking really good, but Essendon they know how to win mm. and they refuse and they refuse to lose even if it's in a practice match, and they only conceded two more go- goals for the rest of the day. Uh, took the lead by, actually no, they were still nine points down at three-quarter time. 20 to 31, that's 11 points, isn't it? Um, I'll get the maths working. Oh, 11 <laughs> pre-season, points. pre-season, mate. Yep, 11 points down at three-quarter time. They came home, kicked two goals to nothing in the last quarter and got up by a point. So it's Essendon 5232 to Casey 5131. Uh, again, no details from the game unfortunately, but uh, the bombers just proving that they're going to be there again and well for the demons, a couple of good hitouts both in the men and the women built big leads. both of them got run down by a point. So a little bit of symmetry there. That's I don't what, know if you read much into it.
0: Well, that's what this part of the season's all about, mate, is looking at those deficiencies in your game and trying to improve them. And as we saw uh, the other week in the AFL, uh, uh, I think it was Richmond, North Melbourne, Richmond had a two-minute period in the AFL at the back end of the second term where they were up by four or five points and that whole drill, was, that, that whole two minutes was about how they could hold a lead. Yeah. So I would like to think Casey in the VFL and the VFLW over the next hitouts. Look at how they can come back if they're trailing, as opposed to coming out strong early yeah. on.
1: Yeah, so they've, they've started well. Uh, it was the first quarter in the women. It was the second quarter in the men. And uh, but yeah, once the opposition team came charging back and ran them down, yeah, how do you how do you get back in front? Absolutely. Or how do you hold them off when they are charging home? But they, they'll, I don't think they'll be losing any sleep at all out at Casey Fields.
0: No, but this is, this is what the preseason period's period is all about. Looking at some of those things and, uh, and looking how to improve on that, particularly uh, the men who have got a massive target on their head being the, uh, the reigning premiers. And I think with the alignment and the development of the women's, uh, women's team, I would think that we would see the women sort of following their path a lot more because they are a quality outfit.
1: Yeah, they are uh, the demons. They they finished, I think, third last year. They've made the preliminary final, yep. so they weren't that far off. They the were mark. the
0: bolters earlier on, weren't they? Yeah, they won
1: their first seven games, I think, and uh, they had an early, they had a reasonably good run on the fixture. It got a little bit harder. They didn't play Essendon or Hawthorne until the last five weeks, and they obviously lost those games. And the one that they would be most disappointed about would be dropping that preliminary final to the Southern Saints, who'd come from fifth on the ladder.
0: Let's look at the VFLW action this weekend. I think this is the uh, the third weekend of competition for, for practice matches. And we start with, uh, I think we've got games on Friday night. Um, what have we got there, mate? What have we got to look forward to for the yeah, women's? Big game on Friday night down at Bayside Oval in Williamstown.
1: Oh, so they get down there and it's it's the derby.
0: Oh, Williams, bring it on.
1: Williamstown up against Port Melbourne. So. If you if you're at a loose end on Friday night, then yeah, get get down to Bayside Over, which which is um, I believe that's Williamstown's training venue. Yep. Uh, they had a had an intra club and a family day there a couple of weeks ago, so you know Williamstown supporters, Port supporters, you know exactly where that is um, down at the down at the school, I believe. So yeah, head down there six o'clock on Friday night. Town and Port Melbourne. We'll see just how far those two teams have come after really good wins last week. What else have we got this weekend, mate? Four games on Saturday, uh, which, will be, which will be nicely fought out. Carlton versus Collingwood at Icon Park. So, again, no love lost between those two clubs. We saw them play in a VFL game a couple of weeks ago with a big win to uh, the Blues. So Collingwood will be looked to get a little bit back there. That's at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Also at 11 o'clock down at Deakin University will be Geelong up against the Western Bulldogs. Um, we saw the, the, the Bulldogs had a week off last week. I'm trying to remember whether they played in what well, I, I think, think. They might have played an intra-club or something. Yeah, yeah. No, this is actually their first their first inter-club contest. So, yep. so we look to see how, how they go, how they've improved after what was a very hard season for them last year. Not winning a game. Um, Casey Demons versus Southern Saints in a replay of that preliminary final. That's uh, at 12 o'clock at Casey Fields on Saturday. And then Essendon versus the Box Hill Hawks at the NEC Hangar. Uh, that's at 1.30pm on Saturday, and, and that is actually the second of a double header. Essendon and Frankston, in the VFL at 11am, will be then followed by Essendon and Box Hill, so Bombers fans can get out to the hangar
0: and see both those teams go around on the weekend. Should be super exciting, and uh, it's it's given you a taste of VFLW football practice match action. It is going to be off the charts. Exciting. We're gonna have a quick break, mate, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk more VFL. We've got a superstar that'll be joining us, uh, and uh, we'll be previewing what's happening later on in the uh, in the season. But you are listening to VFL. We're catching up with VFL 23 here with Rosie with Yendi. I'll have the pleasure of catching up with Southport VFL star Zach Foote. All right, we're here with one of the superstars here in the number two Guernsey from the mighty Southport Sharks. Uh, Footey, thanks for joining us, mate, here on VFL 23. You're going through your paces tonight,
2: we've caught you coming out of the gym, so you've what you're pumping uh, 120 kilos now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, um, good to be you, fellas, I appreciate your time. Um, no, I've just got a bit of a, a turf toe at the moment. Um Came about Friday night, so I'm uh, on ice tonight and, um, yeah, just had a bit of a, a little leg leg pump in the gym, and then um, Thursday should be all sweet, so. So nothing too serious that'll keep you out by round one? No, 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 nothing to worry about for me. Um, you know, the old toes, they're a bit annoying, and yeah. it's a bit of a weird injury, like, your toes are the part that's sore, but, nah, by Thursday we should be sweet to train, and then um, into the next packing match. We've heard a bit a bit about people having turf toe, like, uh, I think San- Aaron Sanderland's had a big problem with it for, for years. How does it actually happen? You just dig into the turf, or um, a, a lot of it can either can be to be overuse or like an acute um, sort of contact injury. And I think mine just jarred into the ground, um, and I don't have very flexible toes, so yep. the moment it has a bit of contact, it kind of swells up, and um, yeah, it never really happens. It's kind of a one-off, so um, yeah, don't say so. too often. Obviously uh, big
1: season coming up again for the Sharks, had a terrific year last year as, as we all know making the grand final, uh, unfortunately it didn't go to plan on the day against against your old team in the
2: Demons, but how's, how are things looking to back that up and go one better? Yeah, um, no really excited we're at um, in this current time and um, obviously we had our first hit out on the weekend and uh, we have a, a lot to take from that, positive and negative and um, really keen to, to get into the year. and. Um, yeah, we'll just see how we go. We've had some great inclusions into the side, and um, a lot of young fellas out there training tonight that adds a lot of depth to the squad. And um, Yeah, really keen to just kind of see where we can go, and everyone's excited to start playing and getting back out on the ground. Tell us about some of the young guys who have come in for people who might not know, yeah. know who they are. Yeah, I think um, one of the bigger ones is uh, Ryan Banksmith, who won the, the Grogan medal yeah. um, out at Aspley last year. And, um, he will just add a whole heap of depth into our midfield and um, whether he goes out onto the wing or can even go out, out at half back and um, a few of the young fellas that you know come from Labrador and Broadbeach, Beach I think it shows the quality of footy that Queensland has at the moment and um, yeah there's still some fight for, for spots on the list and um, you know it's exciting for them and us as a club so um, I think you know within the next week or so they find out so all the best to those boys but um, yeah we've had some, some really good signings coming into this year.
0: You've got a massive practice match this weekend. It's gonna be very unique because we know with Palm Beach Currumbin up here, they are basically like the colder Cannons footy factory, just churning out good local players. But one of the things that we see here, particularly with the QAFL, is we're seeing a lot of local players, if they're good enough and the opportunities present itself, they'll step into Southport. Perhaps there's some players on the weekend or at uh, 10 o'clock that may very well be your teammates this year.
2: Yeah, most definitely. I think uh, Goobs, Dorse, Spanner, Speedy, they've all been a Palmy and um, I guess it's another opportunity for us to put our foot forward but maybe for those boys to to show Southport what they have and um, I think Beach was the last time we played a Quaffle Club in a Paki match and it uh, didn't go too well for Broadie so it's our under 23 squad playing this week so um, I think yeah really exciting for kind of for both teams and um, hopefully our boys can get over the line but hopefully there's a few Palmy boys that you know have a really good head out too. And it'll be great to see uh, them running around and, and yourselves
1: the following week on this on this new surface that you got out here obviously it was redone just before
2: Christmas and yeah it should make things a lot lot better for you especially when it gets wet in the middle of winter yeah yeah a lot of uh, a lot of money and time has gone into the ground and um, you know the boys are out there now and we 've got all the juniors out there too um, which is really exciting and keen to kind of get back to, to southport footy on our own ground because you know last year was a bit up and down we we're out at Metricon and Um, Even times when we played here, it probably wasn't up to scratch. So now, you know, you look at the deck and it looks brilliant, and um, we're really keen to get out there and um, hopefully start off with a strong win. Certainly did notice that earlier on with the juniors training on the ground, on
1: the main ground here as opposed to their second oval. You don't really see that at at VFL level at all. So it was really refreshing to see the young fellas in the the same singlets that you guys are wearing and, and out there, and now, a couple of them have hung around mm. and
2: they can see this is where we can get to and this is where we want to get to. Yeah, I think it's uh, like it really shows the, the culture we have at the club and it's kind of like a, a community footy club again. Um, I know back at my my home club, Lange, I give them a little shout out, you know, the juniors <laughs> train before us and then the ones roll out and, um, you know, I think it's really pleasing that we had the, the young fellas sticking around too. Um, and my old boss, he's actually one of the coaches of those teams. So, um, yeah, we try to get down to training and help them and... Um, it really means a lot when they give back to us and, you know, more cars on, on game day and um, a few more supporters out there.
0: We saw some uh, massive highlights at this very ground last year. We were talking about off-air, just that magnificent mark from uh, from Woody when he saw it to the high heavens. Uh, I know you weren't too far away from the action, but I would imagine one of the biggest highlights uh, maybe of your VFL career was uh, playing in a winning final here uh, to advance deeper into the finals I think it was the prelim final here to, um, that must have been spectacular
2: because the crowd atmosphere was just next level Yeah, we um, before the game we heard a lot um, it was my first year at the club and we heard a lot about when it comes to finals time and we were probably the only community footy club playing at that moment, I think Quaffle had to buy and Suns weren't in the, in the finals in the AFL side so um, it, it was pretty much the Gold Coast sport to go to and um, you could definitely notice there was a lot of cars here, a lot of hype and um, it was a brilliant game of footy and um, one I probably remember most of the year and, and loved the most and, um, yeah, hopefully we can get a few more games like that next year.
1: Yeah, and especially, obviously, having been in the AFL system, you get a chance to play in front of a big crowd like that and, again, the following week, uh, that's what
2: you play footy for, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. You are, you, you love the, the atmosphere of footy and um, I think the good thing about Southport is you know we've got the kind of 360 car park where everyone can park around and once again it feels like your local footy um that's the best part of it and um yeah when you when you get a nice win it it definitely adds to it speaking of lang warren
1: you did sneak back there a couple of times in your year at casey in 2021 is is that still on the books or have you listed with another club up here
2: no i um i was at surfers last year managed to, to get a game in there and um, i 'll probably do the same again this year, but yeah, when I was at Casey, I loved going back to Langing um, snuck in a 50 possession game too <laughs> not that many, but, uh, it was uh, now it was really good to get back to the home club. I think a lot of the boys still um, still look at me and reach out to me and um, i'd like to think you know i 've done a lot for the club, and um, it 's great for them to to have me back in. You know, it was, it was one game, one week, and then it turned into two weeks in a row because of COVID and all yep. that. And then um, we go back to Casey and then they had me back again. So, um, yeah, a lot of respect for the club and really appreciated it.
0: It's just uh, one, one last one from me. Who's one player that we got to keep an eye on for that's just a junior that's coming through, been working hard on the track, that's improved a lot from last year? I know there's a, you've, you've got some good young players just thinking of on the spot, but if there's one that we had to go, yep, there's, there's a guy that we... Will be interested in watching. I know one of my favourites last year was Maxi Pescu, who's just the way he plays his footy. But is there some of those other sort of quality younger players from local level that? we might
2: be surprised about next year yeah year. um Max is obviously a, a no brainer he's going to be a star and he already is a star um, one for me it might be a bit biased but he's my roommate and he moved up with me from uh, from Melbourne two years ago but big Riley Bowman um, if there's ever been a time for him to put his hand up I think it's now and um, we had our gym testing before and he's hitting PBs in there and he's, he's looking big he's looking agile and um, yeah would love to, to see him put some through but um for the local boys you might have to sit with me here and oh cory joyce i'll throw yeah, in. yeah yeah he was brilliant on the weekend um on friday and um for someone who's played one game of EFL footy and you looked at the way he played on the weekend you'd think he's played 50 games so um yeah a of, lot of positives for him and the role for him as well is um up for grabs you know we had kwabi as our you know pace in the back half last year and now that he's moved on we're, we're looking for someone new and um, Joyce's put his hand up exactly there, and um, hopefully have a good year with him. And the big fellas,
1: uh, the the, uh, the cold hero out there, <laughs> Big Croster, how yeah. How's how's he shaping up? And
2: Frey, Frey's still around, is he? Yeah, is yeah. still kicking. I think Frey's is out there, and uh, Big is still out there. Certainly, um, yeah. yeah, he's a he's a cold figure at the club, and I think around the league too. There's a he's my uncle's favourite player. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, we we're actually on the phone, and we we're talking about him earlier. We both love him, and. Um, he's actually my boss, so yeah. pretty handy that being mentors, he's able to employ half the footy club, so yeah, a bit of a plug there for mentors, and um, yeah, really, really good for them.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us, uh, footy, here on VFL 23, mate, and we can't wait to see you carve it up in round one against uh, Sandringham and, uh, and tear it up on this very ground, and it's certainly going to be a great year for you and the club. Thank you, appreciate it, boys. Brody, the birthday boy, we've got a uh, big weekend of footy, but before we go through this weekend's matches, we will talk about the other six teams from the VFLW uh, on next week's show. We're here at Fankhauser, The Southport Sharks have been so awesome with us, having us down here tonight, particularly on your birthday. I want to do something special for you. Um, but we've got some big matches this weekend, mate, and uh, we're into week three. Before we know it, two weeks' time, we'll be getting ready to dance. Yeah, certainly, and, and I will say thanks to, to
1: Southport as well and especially Cam Smith, who, who's been absolutely fantastic. And, you know, Zach Foote there had a fantastic chat with him. So, you yeah, great to be here, and they've, they've really looked after me. And, yeah, can't complain at all. Lo- love coming here, and, yeah, hopefully I can be back soon. Absolutely. Uh, as, as for the big games, yeah, it all starts again on Thursday night, a third consecutive Thursday night game. Uh, Icon Park, 7.30 on Thursday night. Carlton versus Port Melbourne. <laughs> get, get along to that one. The Borough coming off a very nice win over Coburg. The Blues didn't have a game last week because their match against Sydney was cancelled due to, I believe, a few injuries in the Swans camp. Yep. So they've had a week off after their big victory over Collingwood in the first week of the of the pre-season. So they'll be hungry, they'll be, they'll be keen, they'll be fired up, and this will be for... a Obviously, having finished sixth last year, this will be the first big test, I suppose, for Port Melbourne to see um, what sort of expectations we can put around their new-look team. And it is very much a new-look team. Uh, Friday night. Four games on Friday night, would you believe?
0: Which one are you to choose? How how, how, how are you going to
1: choose? They're all (laughs) all ripping contests. Uh, Richmond takes on Sandringham at the Swinburne Centre. That's 5.30pm. So 530 straight from the office. Get down there, Tigers and Zebras fans, and have a look at that one. Uh, you could, if you're out in the northern suburbs, head to the hangar, the NEC hangar. Box Hill Hawks are hosting Williamstown out there. There's never any love lost between those two teams, that's for sure. So, so that will be a beauty as well. Uh, six, that's at 6.30 on uh, on Friday night. At 6.45, we have the Casey Demons hosting Coburg out at, out at Casey Fields. So... Uh, a test for Coburg, and interesting to see what Casey might do. Remembering, of course, that a lot of the AFL players won't be playing in this week because mm-hmm. it's their week off before the start of the AFL season. Correct. So you, so the AFL-aligned teams, they, they'll need special permission to allow any of their AFL-listed players to play. So it, uh, we wait with interest on, that'll be Thursday afternoon to see what the teams are and you and you can see all that on vfl.com.au the teams are out the day before each game um that's compulsive viewing
0: every week certainly
1: gotta have a look and see who's having a run see which new rec- which recruits you got to come and have a look at
0: and we're heading out to uh, geelong yeah. on friday night as well down a little bit later caddery. on
1: down to the cattery at seven o'clock geelong taking on werribee and that should be a really good game as well the uh, What do we call that, the freeway derby? (laughs)
0: Yeah, we can do that, yes. We can call it the
1: freeway derby. Um, Steal steal that one off the (laughs) A-League. Why why not? Um, But yeah, so the Cats had a, uh, had a, a narrow win over Box Hill a couple of weeks ago. Didn't play on the weekend, or did they play on the weekend? I've gone completely blank on that. Uh, we've,
0: we've looked at a lot of footy mates. Uh... Uh, no,
1: no, they didn't. So so they've had a week off Geelong, so they'll be keen to get back into it. Where it'll be a good win over Frankston, of course. We'll be playing their second game of the pre-season as well. And then, as we've mentioned a few times here, here on Saturday morning, 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, Queensland fans, get down here to Wally Fankhauser Reserve. Southport taking on Palm Beach, Corumban. Uh, I'm sure... The uh, the Lions will be out for a big showing to try and prove themselves against, could you call them Big Brother?
0: Uh, yeah, I think in, so. In yeah. the next
1: league up, and, and the Sharks, as we just heard from from Zach Foot, playing and under playing their under 23 uh, lineup. There, there's a lot of guys that are going to be there potentially uh, playing for spots on the list and that sort of thing. So there, there is definitely a lot of the line there. Yeah. It, it'll still and, it'll
0: still be on. And uh, with the with the work that I do up here in, uh, in Queensland footy, I'm really looking forward to a rare chance to see Palm Beach Currumbin uh, without Liam Jones with them this year. But they've got uh, some wonderful talent out there. Tommy Tyne, their captain, is wonderful. They've got uh, I think it's a Shaun who's their coach, uh, the brother yeah. of the late brother of, uh, Darren. of Darren, so uh, that club is really on the march. I think they're going to set a really good statement for them. They're aiming for top four this year, so expect them to push Southport in a big way. This is not just going to be a Mickey Mouse practice match. No, it's on. It'll this is on. going to yep. be genuine four points type atmosphere here at uh, at, the, at the tank. Yeah, so get, get down here and,
1: and enjoy the footy on Saturday. The fir- first game, of course, on this on this fantastic new surface down here in front of us as well, so, so get down and have a look. North Melbourne and Footscray are locking Horns for the second week in a row. Yep. Last week's game was a late addition to the to the schedule. This week is at Arden Street at 10:30 a.m. on Saturday. The Kangaroos looking to back up what they did last week, and Footscray looking to show us what we've learned. What, you know what they've learned from that, and see how they go. And then, then as I mentioned before the break, uh, a double header at the hangar, mm-hmm. the NEC hangar, Essendon versus Frankston in the VFL at 11 o'clock. Followed by Essendon taking on the Box Hill Hawks at 1:30 in the VFLW. So, so yeah, Dolphins, Hawks, uh, Bombers fans, get out there on Saturday and uh, and cheer your teams on and see what they're going to produce throughout the course of this season.
0: Absolutely, uh, we're super pumped. A big shout out again to uh, to the Sharks for hosting us tonight and. Uh, with all the work that Rosie and I have done over a brief period of time. This is actually the first time we've met in the flesh too, mate. So <laughs> it's a bit taller than what I thought just quietly. And I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of the uh, the Mo action there. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's been fantastic. We do appreciate the support of uh, everyone. Make sure you jump on... Uh, Amazon, uh, music, uh, Spotify, and all the other channels you can uh, you can catch this on. We're trying to create something uh, to to bring a lot more profile to the uh, the VFL and VFLW competition, and we're looking at it in ways that uh, it just doesn't get explored. Rosie and I know you've you've got your nose to the grind, making sure you're across everything given that you are the voice of the VFL.
1: I def- definitely do my best. It's a, it's a challenge it's a challenge with uh, 33 teams to look after and and 58 I think it's 58 if you count the uh the now Coates Talent League. Yes, of course. Um yeah, so that that's all kicking off on the same weekend this year rather than being staggered. So yeah, it's certainly going to be um Quite busy in it. Come a couple of weeks time. Absolutely. Well, you've got been listening to Rosie. We're catching
0: up with Andy. This is BFL 23. We look forward to catching up with you
2: next week.